Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in on episode 19. This is a series where I chat with a diverse group of Whistler kids who grew up in this small mountain town. We have actors, Olympians, business leaders, DJs. Honestly, a lot of talent has come out of our town, Whistler. Today, I chat with our ninth Whistler kid. Let me introduce episode 19's guest that we'll be dropping in with. This Whistler kid made it into our local newspaper when she was in grade 12. October 1st, 2018, she decided to collect all her garbage for the year in a 500 milliliter mason jar. She's traveled over 700 kilometers in 36 days on the Camino Trail, a pilgrimage leading to the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela in northwestern Spain. She is leading the way for a better future for her generation and the next. I'm happy to introduce this daughter, sister, friend, forward thinker, lover of the environment, and Whistler kid, Irie Smith. Okay, I hope you're not nervous. Don't be nervous. No, no, it's easy. (laughs) Okay, so I start the podcast off with 10 rapid-fire questions. Are you ready? Okay. Okay, number one, where in the world are you today? I'm in Whistler, BC. At your parents' house? Yeah. Perfect. Number two, hiking or walking? Hiking. (laughs) Number three, now, you're young, so you didn't have to choose, like, us old people between Whistler and Blackcomb. But on a day-to-day, you probably do have to choose which mountain you're going to go up. So, number three, Whistler or Blackcomb? Blackcomb. Oh, okay. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> <a> problem question? <laughs> I just love to hear everyone's answers. I'm a Whistler kid through and through, mm-hmm. but obviously I'm a snowboarder, so I go on Blackcomb a bunch. Mm-hmm. Okay, number four. This one's really honed into you. Okay. Photography or sports? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All of the above? <laughs> oh, good answer. Uh, sports photography? Yes, actually, right now, especially, yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. Number five, what's your, what, well, number five, what's your first Whistler memory? Oh, first Whistler memory, probably, I was like five or six years old, and we used to bomb down this concrete hill in Black Home Greens, like right next to the, the golf course and there's this huge concrete hill in those condos and we used to sit on the skateboards three of us yeah with no shoes and we just go as fast as we could and like try and turn around the corners and <laughs> one of our friends got run over and broke his ankle but oh gosh we were still all laughing and having a good time i feel like every kid does that i did that when i was little and i scraped off half of the side of my face and oh you're like, yeah Still having a ball. That's hilarious. Exactly. You get back on the board and go down it faster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Number six, travel or home? Normally I'm home, but recently in the last two years, I've been travel probably. Okay. Very nice. We'll talk about that in a bit. Number seven, book or Netflix? 
Oh no. <laughs> Be honest. I'd like to say book, but recently Netflix for sure. <laughs> okay, and then what was the last Netflix that you watched? Um I watched The Social Dilemma, which was the new right movie about the social media, which scared me a little bit, but it was really good. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I no, I understand the premise. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Have you been on social media since? A little bit, yeah. I've not been on as much lately, but yeah. definitely still a scary amount. <laughs> <laughs> it opens your eyes. I think that I can yeah, watch it. Yeah, 100%. Okay, number eight. What's the hardest thing you've overcome? Oh, so many good questions. <laughs> <laughs> um. Recently, I would have to say just like figuring out life um, after high school and after um, the, my gap year during COVID because all right. of the plans change and there's so many things that I want to do but can't. So you kind of have to figure out ways to still do those things, but okay. in a different way. Like it just changes everything. So it's a learning curve, but. What, what, what was your plan? I know you took a gap year and we're going to talk about that. What was going to be your plan? Um, I was supposed to go tree planting this summer okay. and then ended up going for a few days and just was, it was really different from what I thought. And I think the COVID reg regulations changed it a bunch because mm -hmm. camp was really different it was uh, a lot of social distancing and really hard to interact with people I had never right. met before just because a lot of people had gone together right so they were already in their bubbles yeah and so I think in the future I'd probably want to go back and try again but yeah. I was supposed to do that and that didn't happen and so it changed the whole summer I guess pretty much just doing hard brutal work and not making any friends yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sounds awful. Yeah, exactly. All the people I knew who tree planted too were like, if you don't have camp, what's the point? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's all about the community. That's funny. Exactly. Wild. Okay. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Trying to navigate post-grad in, in COVID times. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and don't worry, like everyone else is going through that too. They're trying to find new jobs and it's difficult for everyone. Exactly. I just keep reminding myself that. For sure. <laughs> okay. Number nine, we are going to talk about your, your um, garbage, your jar of garbage. This is number nine. What's the, mo what was the most frequent bit of garbage in your jar? Receipts, 110%. And then, okay, that is what I was thinking. And then do you always have to say yes to the receipts? Can't you say no and then it's not your garbage? It depends because some places automatically print a second receipt. Like IGA yeah. does that and Creekside does that. Okay. IGAs are now compostable. Okay. So that's nice. But Wait, Creekside is that Fresh Market? Is Fresh Market yeah. compostable? Sorry, okay. Fresh Market. I was forgetting. Okay. Cool. Um, but lots of places print it twice and it's not compostable. So if they've printed it twice and I have to say yes, because they throw it in the garbage anyway, and technically it is mine. If oh, they yeah. don't print it twice, I can say no, but it's hard to figure out sometimes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Okay. I have so many questions for you. That was I'm number so nine. <laughs> number, number 10. What is your current Whistler hangout? Ah. Oh. 
work currently so splits grill i'm there like five days a week but with grill i almost went there yesterday not a oh, bad yeah? place to go they had the five dollar burger this weekend you could have gone and got yourself a splits mini well, didn't i i just mm, okay regret regret all the regret there'll be, there'll be more yeah. season deals Awesome. Well, that was the rapid fire. Not too difficult, but I think people got to know you a little bit more. Mm. And now we're going to do a little deeper dive into Miss Irie Smith. What, what year did you guys, your family move to Whistler? I was in grade seven, so I was 12. So I think it was 2013 okay. or 2012 maybe. Gosh, that doesn't seem like that long ago, but I remember – your little brother learning to skateboard at Camp of Champions. And I have a oh, photo yeah. of him actually in my house of a drawing that he did for me. It's the cutest thing ever. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. So 2013. And mm -hmm. where did you guys come from Vancouver? Yeah. And we've been kind of weekend warriors and coming up every summer since then. And yeah. Staying in our friend's basement suite. So nice. can use the area, but yeah. Did you, did you come to Whistler kicking and screaming? Oh, no, we would go back down to Vancouver every weekend kicking and screaming because we didn't want to leave Whistler. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. I, I came out from Toronto when I was 12, and I came out kicking and screaming. But that, oh, was, yeah? that was kind of further away. That's a really big move and a huge difference, too. Ontario yeah. and Whistler are very Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Okay, and so would you say, because you've had, you had a dose of growing up in Vancouver as well as Whistler, what what are the comparisons of growing up in both? Like, is Whistler better, or are there just different opportunities? What do you, what do you think about that? I think it's it works for a lot of people, and it doesn't work for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like Vancouver, you have a your choice of high school, and I remember my sister was going into grade eight, so it was almost the high schools were almost like university. Like they have catchment, so you can't get into certain high schools, but you kind of have to choose where you want to go. Right. And based off like sport or uh, art or whatever you like to do. Yeah. Whereas in Whistler, you kind of have the Waldorf school or the public high school. So there's differences in that area. And it's very much so sports oriented in Whistler. I find like everybody does a sport and the average athlete in Whistler is like, a pro anywhere else in the world basically like yes exactly <laughs> average is like above and beyond yeah. everyone's been doing everything since they were born basically it's true that's so true that's what we were talking about in the past ones i was talking with um some athletes i had marielle on uh, mm -hmm. thompson who's gold okay. medal olympic olympic gold medalist and uh and i'm just like what is it that makes whistler kids so successful and yeah, there's, we're all just coming up with different things and you're right. It is the community and we are born to just be extreme athletes. Exactly. <laughs> and everyone's friends are doing it. So then that elevates everybody else. You're like, I want to be better. And then they want to be better. And it's just exactly. like this huge. Well, gosh, you see that in your own, your own family too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Amazing. How many brothers and sisters do you have for our listeners that don't know? I have an older sister and two younger brothers. You're in the middle. Mm -hmm. 
That's nice to be. <laughs> nice. Okay. So I want to get into your garbage in a jar because mm. since I read that article and which is now a couple of years ago mm. that you did this, which blows my mind. I've, I have, I remember I like texted you and I was like, okay, how did you do this? Yeah, and where did you that. get this? And I'm so intrigued. So you literally just had one mason jar that you put your garbage in for the year. Yeah. Where did this idea come from? So I had to, I went to the Waldorf school. So every grade 12 student does a year long project and you have to have this thesis statement that is basically the basis of your entire project. You've got a 25 minute TED talk style presentation in front of the whole community. You have to do an artistic, you have to have a practical of like 50 hours or something of work put into it, some sort of uh, work that you spent on it. And so I had watched, my sister did her grade 12 project on hope and she did a huge documentary and everybody just went crazy over it. Yeah. And I wanted to do something that touched people like that, like that got people involved and made people think. Right. And I had been on the mountain and I saw a sign that said by 2020 or something like that, we're going to be all of our landfill is, or we're going to be waste-free or something like that, or yeah. no waste sent to landfill. Mm-hmm. And I went under one of the restaurants. We were walking out to go snowboarding again, and I found a garbage bag under the snow. Oh my gosh. And it had garbage all around it, too. And I was just thinking, is this what they mean by not sending it to landfill? Like, they're just going <laughs> to leave it here? Dump <laughs> so, it on the top of the mountain? Exactly. Oh, gosh. <laughs> And my aunt had told me about someone who did four years worth of garbage with her whole family in a jar smaller than mine. So I was like, I can do that. That's not going to be too hard. (laughs) So just like October 1st, I just up and started, which I probably could have done more prep, but it was, it was actually really fun. And it was really cool to see, like push myself and see what I could actually do. And I was chatting with your mom. She also took part. In a little, in the whole, fa- did your whole family take part? Yeah, I kind of made them. I like <laughs> switched. We had a huge garbage bin and I switched it so that it was the compost and made the garbage the smaller one. And then everyone okay. kind of got on board. And my brother, Truth, is like, he sometimes tells me, like, I read that goes in the compost. Like, that doesn't need to go in your jar. And he's like super on it. It's actually really hilarious. Amazing. You've transformed your whole family. And exactly, I know yeah. a lot, a lot of Whistler as well, because that article in the paper, I know a lot of people read it. And again, as I said, I have so many questions. When you started and you walked into a grocery store, what, what went on in your head? Were you just like, oh, can't buy that. Ooh, can't buy that. Ooh, no more chocolate bars for me. Like what, how did you do it? Um, It was one of those things where like, I think the first time I went into the store, I grabbed a bunch of stuff that I normally would buy, like a chip bag and all these things. And then I was walking and I was like, oh wait, I actually have that. And I emptied like the whole thing basically. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna have an apple. (laughs) (laughs) With the sticker on it. Exactly, I still have the sticker and then go home and figure out something else, I guess. So the first time it was- A little bit of a fail. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you like, left hungry. After shock, basically. Yeah. Hungry and disappointed. I was like, this sucks. I don't like this. You're like, I'm really in this for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. And I had told everyone about it. So I was like, well, I can't fail now because everybody knows. You're <laughs> so totally, you're accountable to other people. You said it out loud. I've, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so then you went home and you re- rethought it through. Mm-hmm. What were the next steps? Were you like, I got to buy these bags that I can put my food in? Yeah, it was – in Whistler, it's a bit more difficult because we don't have huge bulk sections. Like, Nestor's no. has a pretty good one, and yeah. Creekside has a pretty good one. So I just bring, like, my MEC, uh, like, waterproof bags that I'd use for camping and just yeah. fill them up at Creekside with, like, the juice tubes or the chocolate almonds and then those became like my favorite snacks that I just get and <laughs> tubes and chocolate almonds so we're yeah, eating exactly. healthy exactly always <laughs> and Amazing. apple of course <laughs> and an apple yeah 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 I mean it's just so it boggles my mind when I go grocery shopping because I do think of you and I'm like oh I'll get the sprouts and then I'm like oh they're in a plastic container exactly, yeah. and they're like how would you did you end up cooking for more for yourself a bit yeah I ended up going vegetarian for two months and then vegan for two months as well because I wanted to try those out in the mix of the one year yeah (laughs) which kind of made it easier because a lot of meat is packaged it's got the styrofoam and then the plastic and same with cheese and stuff so that was kind of easy but yeah it was it was a huge change so I cooked a bit but still mostly just like ate snacks or made little cookies and stuff and I worked as well so I get a staff meal but without that would you'd have like a plate and okay mm-hmm. okay um my one burning question mm-hmm. that I have been wanting to ask you for a very long time maybe two years okay I'm ready <laughs> what did you floss your teeth with there's actually <laughs> compostable floss that you can get in Vancouver at the um, oh shoot, what's it called? The soap dispensary. Sells that's it. and that's where you get all your soap and your shampoos, and you yeah. take jars there, right? Oh yeah, like massive jars. Yeah. And, and wait, do you have ha- like so when you go to wash your hair, you have this in a mason jar? Do you have a pump on it, or you yeah, just so- took scoopfuls with your hand? No, no, I tried that for a while and it did not work. Okay. Because <laughs> it just yeah. put water in the soap and it water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I got like this metal little one. So I just filled the little one like once a month and it had a pump. So it was yeah. a lot easier. Okay. okay. I think like mm-hmm. I could just ask you a million questions about this. It's so, it's so cool. And I'm so impressed that you did this. Can you tell the Thank listeners, you. are you still doing this? I'm you went. To, you, you went down to a smaller jar. Was that in 2019? I tried to go down to a smaller jar, and then I walked 740 kilometers in 32 days, and yeah. my feet were blistered. And so, I came home with my bag smelling like feet because I'd saved all the tape and bandages oh that gosh. I used on those trips. And I got home and tried to shove it into that smaller jar, and it just didn't fit. So, so I had to go to back to the same size jar. And then it was almost full too. I was so frustrated. I was like, how? 
Are you serious? Tape, tape will get you. I don't know what you're going to do about that. Yeah, and I couldn't think of a different way to do it. I mean, my blisters needed to be sealed, so it was like... Yeah. And how, how, how many kilometers in did you get blisters? <laughs> Probably the first 26, like the first day. Yeah. And they went away after 400 kilometers, maybe. You just rubbed them off? Well, I had taped them and my feet had grown calluses and stuff, so they went away. And then the last 10 days, it rained every single day, and they all came back, and I got blisters under my toenails even. Oh, no. Oh, it was brutal. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't either until I went, and it was disgusting, and I gagged when I looked at it. Oh, poor you and your feet. I Also, I commend you on that trail hike. I um, have been there to oh. all the stops. But I did not hike it. We we did a family trip and we drove. <laughs> that sounds way better. I love that. <laughs> but then everyone was like, I think we should do it. We should definitely go back and do it. But it takes a long time. Oh, yeah. It How was, many you had? What What did I calculate? How many days? 36 days did it take you? I did 32 days of walking okay. straight. So it was and I had to stop for a day because I got tendonitis. In your and, what? Uh, am I Achilles? Oh no. Oh no. I've had yeah. that. That's terrible. Oh yeah. And I went to the physio, but he didn't speak English. So he was doing all these. He was In just Spain. Talking. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. talking to me and I should have learned more Spanish, but he was talking and I was like, oh, okay. Okay. And then it was like just a shock in my thing. He'd done some sort of electro something. I was just okay. shocks. And I was like, oh, Okay. This is happening. happening. And you were yeah. all by yourself. Yeah. Eight, 17 years old? Uh, I was 18. 18 years, 18 years young, doing the Camino Trail solo. Mm -hmm. What possessed you to do that? And how did you even know about the Camino Trail? I didn't know about it till I was like 30. <laughs> my aunt had done it with my cousin, and she just had the best time. Like, she loved it. Okay. And then we watched The Way, which is a movie about it. So mm -hmm. a dad had gone and done it for his son. Okay. And so I was like, this looks so cool. I want to do this. And nice. then it just, I had a gap year and I wanted to do something cool. I was like, I'll just do it. And for some reason, I wanted to do it by myself. Like my mom offered, like, why, why don't I do it with you? And I said, right. no. And I still don't <laughs> know why I said no. I probably would have loved it a lot more with somebody else with me but yeah 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 it definitely that, you probably mean uh, hiking that far and for that long you really get some thoughts in your head it's probably like a little bit of meditation for oh you oh my goodness yeah. yeah yeah and you meet Any lots of people so you get to talk with people from everywhere around the world but the last 10 days I saw no one because it was raining and everybody had quit <laughs> So, and so when you went there, did you have a, a ticket booked back? You were like, I have to make it in this amount of days. And did yeah. you have it all planned out? Yeah, I had it all planned. So I gave myself 42 days to do the whole thing or 40 days. Okay. And then I, I started walking and I was like, oh, I, I'm going to finish this in like 33 or 34 and then I'm going to have six days at the end by yeah. myself. And so I ended up, my dad ended up booking a ticket to fly out so we could travel around together. 
Yeah. So then that gave me exactly 32 days. Oh my gosh. So there were days where I did two days worth of walking in one. So like 46 yeah. kilometers in one day. And then I'd give myself the next day off. Yeah. Which crazy. Was, yeah. That's probably why I got tendonitis. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then you met up, your dad met up with you in the end. Yeah, I met him. So you get to Santiago to Compostela and I was meeting him in Madrid. So I went to go get on my flight Yeah, and they had told me that my $82 ticket was now going to cost $500 cause I booked the wrong day. Oh, for a that's a blonde forward. moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it was my last $500 in my account. I was like, oh, please tell me there's only one airport where my dad and I are going to meet because otherwise I'm not going to be able to find him. But then we met up and it was fun and then we traveled around and it was really, really good. I don't think you're the first person to book the wrong date. I yeah. have done this many a times. <laughs> no, that I'm not the only one. No, no, no. That's so rad. Okay, so I look up to you because you've oh, done this you. whole waste thing. You've done this trip and you're a Whistler kid through and through, as I would say, because you've just done this on, on your own accord. And our listeners should take note at how cool it is. <laughs> and next time you go into a grocery store, think about buying that compostable dental floss, which I now will have on my list. Yes. Okay, what about, to what about toothbrushes? Toothbrushes, they have a bamboo compostable Oh, I did get that one. I did get that yeah. one. Okay. All they're right. actually really nice. They smell like wood and they're quite like. They are nice. For some reason. <laughs> I'm going to have to get a list from you of things that um, just like a quick Q&A and maybe we can add that in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Just for, for our listeners so they can know what to look out for and where to get things. Um, so the, the, the point of the Whistler Kids series is to understand what makes Whistler Kids so successful and driven. Do you have any ideas what, what might be behind that? I think it's the community. Mm -hmm. So surrounding yourself with driven and passionate people, like I feel like there's a difference between just being driven, but also being passionate and driven. Mm -hmm. There are people who are driven in business and all of these other things who don't necessarily like what they're doing. They're just yeah. want to make money or they want to reach a goal. Mm -hmm. But when you're driven and passionate, it's like this almost addiction mm -hmm. for the feeling of getting to that, reaching that, the top of that peak or going as fast as you can on a mountain bike or all of these different things. And when all the other people around you are doing the same thing, you kind of push each other and match each other, mm -hmm. which is really, really cool and Isn't it? fun and keeps the dream alive throughout your entire life as well. Oh my gosh. I don't even need to do a wrap up. Are you twenty? Are you twenty? Are you twenty years old now? Nineteen. You're nineteen years young, and you you just summed it all up. That Whistler was, vibes, man. Whistler vibes. Thank you so much. I I can't like thank you enough for doing what you're doing, being such a positive role model for the next generation and even the older generation because. I think of you when I go grocery shopping. Um, Thank you. It's so, people like you who drove me. Oh. Mercedes Nickel Pro Snowboarder. 
Heck yeah, I want to do a podcast. (laughs) Yay, thank you, Iris Smith, so much for dropping in. Where can the listeners find you online? Um, Like on social media and stuff? Yeah. Um, My Instagram is smith underscore Irie, I-R-I-E. I've got some sports photography and drone videos up there if you'd like to check them out as well. (laughs) Very nice. Plug that, plug that. And I'll see you at Splits Grill probably in the near future. Come get a $5 burger. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for dropping in. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Had a blast. Drop in next Thursday as we close off the Whistler Kids series. Thank you, DJ Kenosis, for the music and my mom for the intro voice. Hey, listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer. Such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.